welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And what a crazy day was for the NBA. And I don't know if you guys follow Worldwide Wob on Twitter, but we need that counter up, that little picture that says the NBA, how many days it's gone without being unnecessarily dramatic? Zero. Bring that back to zero, maybe negative four, because after everything that's happened today, we need a, a, we need a couple days to, to just relax a bit. But before we get into all the news, as always, I'm Jared Castillo, and I'm joined by... Uh, I'm Daniel Wynn. Uh I know this is not basketball-related, but I want to give a shout-out to Matt James and Sarah Trot from The Bachelor. Uh, I sincerely hope for the best and hope both find true love. And it's your boy, Rayleigh Rail, Jarrell Sills, and of course... What up, yeah. Skylar Treppel, back on the Shooting Bricks podcast, and the league exploded. I can't wait to talk about it. I've been thinking about this all day. Let's get into it. But before we do that, I, w- I just want to give a really big thank you and a big shout out to all the listeners in Canada that helped us reach, well, crack the top 30 in sports news on Apple Podcasts. You know, we started this a few months ago, just, you know, three friends talking basketball, shooting shooting bricks and all that, and just shooting this shit, honestly. And to crack the top 30 in a country, that's amazing. We were actually ranked number 29th, so... Again, from the bottom of my being, and I'm pretty sure everyone, if you guys want to say a little bit of something, uh, we really thank you so much, and we really appreciate all the support so far, and we love you all. So I concur with your statement. Uh, it doesn't really matter what country it is, whether it's the Philippines, Laos, C- Canada, the UK. I mean, if, if we crack the top 30 of any country, that's a major accomplishment. So yeah, it's it's a big moment for us, and uh, it just reminds me if we can keep going, uh, we can only have uh, greener pastures on the other side. Facts. Echo it. Just keep supporting us. We appreciate you guys. Um, it just it makes us feel appreciated inside, and we're going to keep on giving you guys a, a great uh, product. Well, I'll yeah. definitely say something here. Shout out to my home country of Canada. Uh, so excited. Absolutely, you know, excited. I'm moving to Los Angeles this week, actually, at USC. But love Canada always. Very friendly place. Very culturally diverse, embracing place. And uh, that's what I felt about this podcast, you know, just a great place to be. And so, uh, you know, shout out to Canada for tuning in and everyone else. Keep tuning in, having fun. And, uh, you know, get on early, you know, you want to say you got on early because this thing is going to explode. Absolutely. And again, big shout out to Canada. But, you know, now that we are, we got all the sappy stuff out of the way. Speaking of explosions, the NBA just exploded because I thank you to Daniel for putting all these notes down here because, you know, we've all had busy days. But thank you so much for this. But yeah, the James Harden situation has officially ended in divorce per Daniel Quinn. Um, on, on today, on Wednesday, James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Nets, his one destination. Shout out to the Philly fans who thought that they were going to get Harden. You know, not really, but yeah, it was, uh, I didn't expect this much movement and this much of an explosion because bear with me. This is a lot, but we'll get, we'll try to get through this all Houston in the four team trade gets Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum. Rodians, Rodians, Kuroks, four first rounders, three from Brooklyn, one from Milwaukee, and four pick swaps from Brooklyn. The Cleveland Cavaliers get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. The Indiana Pacers get Karis Levert and a second rounder, while the Nets just get James Harden. So just straight off the bat, 
what do you guys think? Because for me personally, looking at this, I feel like mm, kind of eh for the Nets, but for Houston, they're set. They're set for like the next three or four drafts. No matter what happens, they're good. The Cavs, eh, I feel bad for Jared Allen, to be honest, because they have so many bigs there. And you got Andre Drummond, who may or may not stay. Maybe he might stay, maybe not. I, I don't think he will because Cleveland's not necessarily fitting in with his timeline. Torian Prince is cool. And the Pacers, they might have gotten a little bit better with Karis LeVert, but it's like the same player in Victor Oladipo. You know, like, yeah, it's cool that they can score, but they're still injured at the end of the day. So what do you guys think? This is a lot. Uh- Personally, uh, hot taker, I think in the long run, I think Houston will end up winning this trade. But in the short term, I think Brooklyn is going to be set for the next uh, two to three seasons, maybe three, but two more most likely. I think they're going to – I'm say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it right now. The Nets are going to the NBA Finals. Um, they they may have they may have trouble getting there, and I think I think their personalities will ultimately crumble this team. I think this – I'm leaning towards um, the fact that this may influence Kyrie Irving – to come back full time, um, I'm sensing. I'm gonna predict it right now. I think the Nets. It's a Nets Lakers series, six or seven games. But the Lakers win it in six or seven. So can I can I uh, bung something in there really quickly that I think might be important to note? So after this year, Harden, Durant, and Irving are are under contract for next season, and then the following season they all have player options. So they have two seasons to win a championship. And then we'll see what happens. But I mean, the, my main concern with this trade is Brooklyn gave up a lot. Like it, this, this came up, this kind of gave me vibes of that Boston trade that sent, you know, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce who were like nearly had one foot in a nursing home to Brooklyn. So, I mean, <laughs> wow. Uh, Dang. All right. So uh, they gave up a lot. So like Brooklyn, that's a they're, it just shows they're all in. They're taking a huge risk here. They better win a championship because, like, they gave up a lot. They, like, if this doesn't work, they don't have much of a future. Hmm. They have no future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's obvious a lot of teams are in win-now mode because it's like draft picks have no value anymore. Um, but – this is a different situation, Daniel. I think this is a different situation than the nursing home analogy you gave with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett because James Harden is in his prime. I know it looks like he ate about five prime <laughs> ribs before he played last game, but he's for sure in his prime. Um, I have to disagree with you. I don't think this works out for the Nets. Like we've discussed before, we've, we, we've had concerns about there's only one ball. And on top of that, we have two players that don't even take basketball so seriously. You know what I'm saying? Kyrie Irving's part, Kyrie is a part-timer. He's, he's over here acting like a WWE superstar, like these old wrestlers like Goldberg, uh, Brock Lesnar, John Cena that just show up for WrestleMania and Royal Rumble. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, Jero, you can't, you you can't, Kyrie you can't Irving's deny the talent, though. Old. So talent. what? What what do we preach on this on this podcast? Availability, being able to play is the like the best thing to have, right? Kyrie Irving, it doesn't even want to play basketball. I understand social, social, you know, I'm a I'ma still like be in the front of 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 positive encouragement for social issues, but mother this your job, bro. This ain't no nine to five. You know what I'm saying? You can pay plus 25 mil plus. You know what I'm saying? On top of that, you got James Harden. James Harden looked like he just came from a cookout every game. (laughs) Bro looked like he at 
I know the camera don't add 10 pounds on the James Harden every team, bro. Come on now. Look at that. The only person there that's focused is Kevin Durant. And now yeah. you just – there's no defense on this team. You had a good center. Jared Allen was better than DeAndre Jordan this season, and you just got rid of him. You have Spencer Dinwiddie who's injured. You got Joe Harris getting overpaid. He's going to be a shooter. That's it. But what else do you have? This Nets team isn't built like the Warriors. They don't have those glue guys that are going to really come in and set the tone straight. They don't They don't have those players that are going to challenge uh, Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Kevin Durant is soft-spoken. No offense to him. You, We've seen this. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, both are kind of divas. James Harden is the worst of the two. Yes, they, I just feel like this doesn't work out. Houston did a good job of getting their draft picks I out mean, of it, but it doesn't work out. Like, Look, they may be, look, they may be divas, but you got to have to give it to them. James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, they're the three of the top perimeter players so in the league. what? Yes, I know. Let me interject here really quickly. James Harden so, is not a winner. Okay. That may or may not be true. I, I would lean towards the latter of it not being true, but going back to Kyrie Irving a little bit for every game he's missing, he's losing, I think $410,000 per game, which, you know, Stephen A. Smith said he should just retire today because he's so focused on, everything else except for basketball, which kudos to him, but going to switching gears to Karis Levert, he was averaging, I think almost 28 points per game during Kyrie's absence. So you you have, you're missing that punch now, like, because you're only getting back one player. I think they traded three players to get one back. Yeah. I got, I got to give my, uh, I missed out to give my, my take on the Rockets and and Harden and there's so much going on. This is so exciting guys. I personally think that this trade will work out for the Nets, but it all hinges on Kyrie Irving coming back and how committed he is because, look, I mean, this is crazy. Everything blew up. James Harden is on the Nets. Victor Oladipo on the Rockets will be nice. They're looking nice. We got draft picks here for the Rockets for days. But as G was saying, draft picks, they're nothing right now. They're, they're, they're a future app, but you don't know. This is a superstar-driven league. And that yes. is why for right now... I say Brooklyn won the trade because they got the superstar. They got the superstar in James Harden. I do think Brooklyn will go to the finals if Kyrie comes back. But getting into Kyrie, I gave off, you know what I mean? I've always defended Kyrie Irving. I've always loved the mob of mentality, the Kobe. But to go off the grid like this when you wanted to play with Durant so bad and Durant is balling out, come on, man. Come on, this is the first time I always defend players and, you know, they got to take care of their mental health, but but this is ridiculous. And so if he is enticed by the James Harden trade, I think Brooklyn wins this thing and Karis LeVert dropped 40 on your point, Jared. So I think that, you know, uh, Karis LeVert will be nice on the Pacers, but the NBA just blew up today. There's so much, so many storylines to unpack. Right. And we'll get to we'll get to Kyrie well, Irving in a little bit. got but... nine games, huh? What? Nine games. They got nine games. Yep, nine games to, to make a good impression on James Harden, or he's going to be checked out the whole season. That's a very <laughs> good segue, actually, because, yeah, you speak of nine games and John Wall, Harden's ex-teammate. So the last game, there was a little bit of a, a hubbub going on, right? There was, like, fireworks and stuff going on behind the scenes. And, you know, we talk about nine games, and John Wall said that, it's only been nine games. Come on, man. You want you want to jump off the cliff after nine games, quote unquote. And that statement was di- probably directed at Harden because 
Yeah, I mean, even DeMarcus Cousins said it. Like, all of this was happening before training camp or before the season started. Like, this dude was just out doing whatever. He just didn't want to be there. And I don't know what you can say about James Harden because he said after the Rockets got demolished by the Lakers for, what, the second time in as many days, he said, quote, I love this city. I've I've literally done everything I can, which is debatable. This situation is crazy. (laughs) It's something I don't think can be fixed. Thanks. And he walked off. Now. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to be a superstar and you're trying to give off this aura of I'm worth everything that you're going to get and more. Yeah. He's not a winner just by doing that, because how many winners do you know will go up to a podium, say this garbage and then walk off. I mean, he's, and this is you want on your team in the just, locker room. I mean, <laughs> no. I mean, like I will say this, Joel. You're right. He's a terrible teammate, and he, what James Harden just did right there, he just aired like everyone's dirty laundry. Like yeah. that, that that's a conversation you should be having with with management behind the scenes. But you just aired it. It was like and, a Woj tweet in real life. Like yeah. players don't actually come out and say that. That is what we hear behind the scenes. Like that was crazy. Now with Brooklyn, I, I do think, you know, it's just a last chance for Harden and Kyrie now. They've got, you know, Kate. Well, the one thing I like with Harden is the friendship with KD. But Kyrie, man, like you wanted KD. Like, what's if this doesn't entice him? So it's it's a it's gonna be really interesting, really interesting. I, I'm mad confused because y'all give. I mean, Daniel, at least I'm not trying to call people out, but you give you 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 dish out some some hate towards Russell Westbrook being this toxin, right? But what the f- is James Harden? You feel what I'm saying, bro? Is he's he's f-ing ruined the Houston Rockets? You know what I'm saying? And now he's going to a team that you said was going to go to the finals, Eastern Conference Finals. And you believe this toxin, this non-winner is going to come Look, and magically pump, Jay- push this team over the edge? Come Jay- on, bro. And they ain't got no defense. Toxic defense teams. Toxic teams have gone far in the playoffs before. Who? Who? The, the 0-4 Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. And, and what beat. happened then? Look, I, I'm, not what saying they're gonna happen. Happen. I'm not they saying they're going to win. And, and, and that's that what was, I think will happen And that was Brooklyn. 17 years ago, bro. Yeah. And that's all you got. Toxic teams do not do well. No. That's the what, what's the, the other Nets won't got? win a championship. They, I just they, don't they, think they, they might get to the finals. I'm not saying they will win a championship. They're not going to win the championship. But they will get very far. They look like the Clippers to me right now. Yeah, so. look good on paper. They look good on paper, right? But uh, the thing I is, argue this this Nets team, even though they're toxic, they're better than the Clippers. That's cool. Sure, but they still the tox- look good on paper. Yeah, the toxicity <laughs> is going to kill them eventually because that's you know, what I'm arguing. Because in the in the early season, I think the last few games, Harden's been averaging 17.8 points and only shooting 39 percent from the field. He was shooting sub 30 from three too, so he's mentally checked out. Now the question that I'm concerned about is whether or not. You know, the Nets are going to get the good Harden or last week's Harden. Because if they get last week's Harden, mm, that just makes it look bad. But, yeah, gee, you're shaking your head. What's going on? Because that's his game. Like, you know what I'm saying? He disappears. We've seen yeah. it in the playoffs. Like, it's going oh, yeah. to happen. There's no defense on this team. Harden, you see that he's a diva. One thing goes wrong. 
like, like you know, nobody's checking themselves. Like, who's going to check uh, Kyrie? Who's going to check Harden? Nobody's checking him. You know, yeah. I don't. I just don't feel like it's going to mesh. That's I. I don't feel like it's. It's gonna weird mesh. to say that in a triumvirate of Harden, Kyrie, and KD, you're looking at KD for the assur- reassurance that everything's going to be okay. Because yes. if you look at the head coach, <laughs> Steve Nash, great guy, probably a wonderful human being too, salt to earth, probably. He's just not that kind of dude that can keep those egos in check, right? Because if you look at D'Antoni. We don't know. He's a new he's a young coach. He's a young coach. But yeah. like what 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 gives me hope is that like he's a he's a former MVP. He he's been in that position before. But like it's it's a it's a something like we have to see going forward. Like can I can I posit a question to you guys then? If Kyrie doesn't even tell his coach what he's doing, what how does that look to everyone else? That's so it's so ridiculous. Not like good. He needs to come back to work. Yeah, he has a job. <laughs> it's, but, it's ridiculous. But think about it from like a player standpoint, and you see, you know, Kyrie, superstar, mega, ultra, you know, offensive player galore. He goes off, does whatever, doesn't tell the coach, and now the coach is left fielding all these questions from reporters saying, "I hope he comes back. Is he coming back? Sure." Like, how do you think that makes the rest of the squad feel, seeing that there's this weird kind of dynamic building forming between your rookie head coach and a player that's been in the league 10 years now, which is I mean, crazy to think. I mean, I think what management needs to do is grow a spine and tell, like put like their foots on Kyrie's neck. You, like this is not acceptable behavior. I mean, I, I get what he's trying to do. And like, I agree with the causes he's trying to aim for. Absolutely. You have a job to do at the end of the day and you need yeah. to honor that request. You can't go off the grid like this. I've never seen or heard anything. I just think James Harden is what entices Kyrie to come back or it blows up. I also, to your earlier question, think that James Harden was silently protesting with his play and his weight gain. I think he'll be regular old James Harden (laughs) on this Nets team. I I don't know. I think that he just wanted to show Houston that he didn't give a I think he'll get back into form on the Nets. And that, you know, there is, I don't know, it, it all depends on if Kyrie comes back and uh, we'll see what happens. It, it's crazy down there right now. One would it, hope anyways, but go ahead, G. One, this Kyrie Irving situation looks very similar to James Harden. The only difference is James Harden is going to the strip club with a uh, little baby and Kyrie Irving's over here on Zoom calls. Hear me out. All, this team is filled with similar players. KD the snake. Kyrie Irving, get me off this team. I can't play with LeBron. I don't want to play on the Celtics. Uh, Third eye, James Harden. Uh, I want to play for the Houston Rockets. I want to play for the 76ers. I want to play here. They're full of the same players that play similar. This is not working, bro. I just got to come back to it because there's so much similarity within these players and how they move and how they behave and how they play the game of basketball that I just question how, as you guys, I questioned. As basketball fans, how y'all think this going to work? Like, I don't understand. There is no balance. You know what I'm saying? This is like when the Fire Nation took over. Uh, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There's no balance. You know who the avatar is, the Lakers, because we got balance. We got size. We got defense. You know? Other teams look better than the Nets to me still. I think the Bucs still look better than the Nets. I understand stars. Stars is everything. But team, it's a team game. I don't know. I, I know I kept bringing it back to that, but that's that situation looks so similar to me. Like they're they're all it's like uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know what analogy I could use. Yeah, I, I totally feel the same way. There's 
the the nets now are extremely top heavy because after what yes who's left on their squad because someone remind me because i have no idea who's left i know kd Kyrie, harden deandre jordan and then like joe harris that's their yeah, starting harris. five probably yes and you got jeff green coming off the bench yep <laughs> that's about it <laughs> as far as people we know that's about it you know me, all logic tells you in many ways that this will not work for me, it's just the way these guys could offset each other, the way someone who can perform in the playoffs like KD and Kyrie, if they all get in the court, the only way this works is that it's so crazy it just might work. <laughs> That's the only way I see this thing going. Because I agree, the logic is ridiculous, but they're so good and you're putting them together. It could somehow work if you just get them all together. Right. It's like it's kind of like it, the rule of cool, right? Like it doesn't it shouldn't work but it, because it looks cool it works anyway so why not that's what i think could happen here just the friendships the way they mesh the way they could respect each other it's all could it's all hypothetical but man is it exciting i i will say this though um there with this makeup i i'm willing to bet that what happens in the locker room will be more will get more attention than what actually happens on the court well, I mean, it's going to be weird because the Nets are currently sitting at 500. They're beating the the Knicks, as everyone does. But right now, they're sitting at 500. So just predictions, right? Because I had, I had the Nets. Let me pull up the doc here. I had the Nets at fourth. Jarrell had the Nets at fourth. And Daniel, you had the Nets at first. So I'm going to say... Considering how the Heat have played, I'm going to switch the two. I'm going to put the Nets at second and the Heat probably at four or five somewhere there. Jarrell, what do you think? <sighs> I'm still going to keep them like fourth, maybe third. I'm was... not going to move that much. Maybe yeah. third. Um, I That's think fair. there's there's actually going to be an adjustment phase and where the, like these two are, these three are not going to, they're going to struggle a little bit. So <sighs> I'm going to switch it up a little. I'm going to have the Bucks at one. The Nets at two, but the Nets beat the Nets beat the Bucks to get to the finals. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. okay. Skyler, what say you? Because we didn't have you on for this episode when we talked about our Eastern Conference yep. power power rankings, but yeah, now that the Nets have reloaded with one bullet in their yeah. in their chamber, the ultimate bullet. The ultimate bullet, if it fires. Yeah, I would think that they will find a way to finish second behind the Milwaukee Bucks. And one thing I'll say again about the Nets in the finals, if that happens, I think part of it is dreaming because imagine a Lakers-Nets finals and just the storyline, though, of LeBron James versus Kyrie Irving and LeBron versus KD again. I think that's part of why my head is going to the Nets in the finals, because that would just be like the world's greatest TV episode rivalry. So that's one thing that I think is making me want to see Brooklyn in the finals. Wait, but second, I think they finished second. Okay, remind me again that the Lakers and the Nets have never played in the finals. They have played in 02. When they right. were in New Jersey with Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson. Yeah, and then they played the Spurs, and then they got beaten six games. Got it, got it. Lost twice in a row. Yeah, imagine that. Jeez. The Buffalo Bills lost four times in a row in the NFL without ever having won a Super Bowl in the 90s. Yeah. If there is an oof level for that, that'd be a big one. Big yeah. oof. But, 
Yeah, we've been we've been talking about Kyrie, so I guess it's fair to to switch gears to talk about the other part of this new big three, the one that's just been off the grid, Kyrie Irving. Um, again, shout out to Daniel for compiling these notes, but yeah, it's it's been a, a weird week. Uh, initially, he was kind of being investigated by the NBA because he had a weird situation where he went to a few parties without telling anyone that he was going to them. And it turns out that, you know, the gathering was large and he was around and they all the, mainly the people there didn't have masks on. So obviously that's a terrible look considering the NBA is dealing with its own kind of outbreak situation going on. And then last night, Tuesday, which would be a few days after this comes out, wait, before this comes out, it, it would be on Tuesday, but he was in a zoom call as the Nets played the Denver Nuggets under the name of Kai Irving. And, you know, cool thing, you know, he he was there because he was supporting the volunteers for Manhattan DA candidate Tahini, Tahini, Tahini Abushi. I probably butchered that name. Sorry for butchering that. But, yeah, he apparently has taken, taken a sabbatical from the team, and he's not played for the team since January 5th after the domestic terrorist attacks on the U.S. Capitol. So it's it's such a weird situation because Kyrie hasn't really given the Nets a formal formal explanation as to why he's gone. So, yeah, it's such a weird situation. Like, I understand what he's doing. It's yeah. a cool thing that he's doing. It's a great thing. But at least inform I, your coach. Inform yeah, I think, coach. There's, yeah. I think there's a better way to go about this. Just, just me personally, I think there's a better way. I mean, I like, completely agree. Like, why would you not tell Steve Nash? Steve Nash is a seems like a cool guy. Like, why would you not tell? Mm-hmm. Just when tell especially him. with the relationship KD has with Steve Nash as well, and also he hasn't told KD. K- KD doesn't know, and, and their relationship, and that to me is ridiculous. Look, I'm a big fan of advocating for the fact that these guys are players that. You know, we don't know what's going on with them and the mental health of an NBA player. And I've defended Kyrie Irving for a long time with his statements and messing with the media. But this to me, and yes, his causes are great. Of course that he supports 100% amazing what he's done with the WNBA supporting them. But really Kyrie Irving, man, to go off the grid and do it like this and not show respect to your teammates and no one knows where you are and then partying without a mask. That's not supporting a cause. That's going against the cause. And to me, that's just not a good look. And, um, you know, I've tried to support him for a long time, uh, especially with the Kobe connection. This time it's, it's really getting out of hand. We'll see what happens with James Harden because this dude's a special player. He's been great this season. And, and he's also been a really great person a lot, of, a lot of times as well. So I really hope that things work out with him and this James Harden trade entices him to come back. But the NBA is the greatest show on earth because this is just ridiculous. It's like, where's Waldo? Where's Kyrie? Right. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I agree with you. It's just a level of professionalism that yeah. is needs to be displayed. You know what I'm saying? This is your organization. These are your brothers that you're going out to war for. And it's just, he's, he lacks that leadership quality, unfortunately. We saw it with the Celtics. He wasn't the leader over there. He was never the leader on the Cavaliers. And he goes to the Nets, and he's not a leader over here. He's a leader in other ways, just not in, in – like on the court, like for his team. We see it displayed in all these other avenues, like you said, Skylar, but it's unfortunate. 
I mean, he's so good. He hit one of the best shots in NBA history, and he's so good whenever he's on the court. Just, just stay on the court, man. You, you're, you're a great player. Your teammates love you. You say you love the artistry of the game of basketball. So we all want to see you back out there. So do your teammates. You got James Harden. I want to see Kyrie back, and and hopefully he can show that massive potential he had at the beginning of his career. I mean, I'm gonna say it right now, Kyrie Irving, personally to me, he seems like a nice guy. But he's also one of the, he's personally to me, he's the weirdest NBA superstar of all time. He, he believes the earth is flat. He has, he <laughs> believes in the third eye. Um, did, you, uh, did you forget about Dennis Rodman? Oh, me. <sighs> yeah. Kyrie yeah. said the earth was flat, was, uh, was fake for the media. So let's hope, but I don't know. Let's hope it's fake. Yeah. And like, I've heard stories like, yeah, he, like, personally, Kyrie Irving's also a pretty bad teammate. He's toxic in his own weird way. I mean, like, we don't, I don't know. I can't really go into it. Um, I probably can't go into it, but like, there's probably, I've heard there's like, there's a lot of stories from his time in Boston where like, he was like essentially a, a headache to management and his teammates around him. And yeah. I mean, that's got to change. Going off of that point. I remember that there was a point in time when, you know, Celtics players would go weeks. I think this happened with Cavs teammates too. He would go weeks without conversing with any of them. They'll be concerned about what's going on. And he just would like what's happening now, just go off the grid for like a few days, a few weeks. And then when he feels like it, he'll pop back in and say, okay, I'm, I'm all good. So it's like, you know, it's, it's cool that you're such a, you're such a talented player, but you're so mercurial too. Like what? It's I weird. Mean, it's such a, he's a conundrum. Line. He's really confusing. Like it's, it's tough. This is one of the most confusing basketball situations like with where's Kyrie that I've ever seen. Now you got James Harden in the mix. It's going to be fascinating to see how this unfolds. I mean, I believe one of the reasons why Kyrie asked out of Cleveland was because like LeBron, I don't know. He wanted his own team. Well, he wanted his own team and he, and he like, he was like frustrated that like LeBron wouldn't like necessarily get close with him. But like, but he does that of these. The media as well, like saying that LeBron was a father figure to Kyrie. Kyrie that was messed up, off. yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know what's going on with players in this diva syndrome, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I can argue that, you know, the greatest players are a little bit weird, you know, in their own way. Like, you know, Jordan, uh, Kobe, Kobe was yep. kind of weird, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. How do you think so, he came up with the Harry Potter book series after his you career and an Oscar? Yeah, shout but, out to the Wizenard too. I got a pair of Kobe 4s, the Wizenards, really nice. Really great on court, but go ahead. Sorry. Great book I got the book. Too. I got the book. I haven't finished <laughs> yep, it though. So good. We're gonna dive into that bad boy. But yeah, that's <laughs> that was just the point I wanted to make there. Uh, no you you talk about that weirdness, right? Because Jordan had this insanity towards him, right? He wanted mm-hmm. to crush you, even if it Maverick. meant paying, paying the bill at like a restaurant. If you didn't, you know, tip fifteen hundred dollars. He'd get mad at you and probably say, I, I took that personally. And it's like, dude, <laughs> nice, man. It's not a game. And then Kobe had that too with yeah. the mom mentality. LeBron yeah. has that with just the insane worth that work ethic that he has. Kyrie, you know what? This is weird. This is weird. Yeah, weird yeah. for the sake of being weird. But, you know, I'm sure there's, I don't want to diagnose him or anything because I'm not a therapist or whatever. I'm not a medical professional. But if there's something there, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked either. Hopefully he gets the 
whatever whatever kind of help he needs he's a spiritual dude that's spiritual if that's mental it's it's important these players you know they're on a stage for the world it's a live stage like they perform every night and they're judged night to night like it's it's pressures that you know we that are hard for a lot of people to understand because it's so different but yeah i mean you don't want it to turn into a bad situation and it's like it's just, I don't know, he's so talented and he has good intentions much of the time. So I'd really like to see him just get some form of consistency. And uh, I think he'd have a lot of fun on the Brooklyn Nets. And I think we'd have a lot of fun watching them with James yeah. Harden. Absolutely. Absolutely. But before we get into our next topic, just a, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Do you want to make some quick cash on sports betting but don't really know how? Well, come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a specific sport. For instance, if you're interested in the NFL on Thrive Fantasy, you choose 10 out of the 20 player prop positions to build your lineup. NFL not your thing? Not a problem. For the NBA, MLB, PGA, or eSports, you choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to happen. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. If you're into the PGA, Thrive has new contests for each day of tournaments, so don't sweat it if your golfers ruin your weekend by not making the cut. Since launching in 2018, Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes. Ready to play? You can download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Don't forget to use our promo code SBPOD when you sign up today to receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. We're back and we talked about the COVID outbreak that the NBA is facing, which basically every U.S. league has faced this year. And why should the NBA be any different? It sucks that we have to talk about this, but it's important. But yeah, multiple games have been postponed because of COVID reasons, starting out with the Bulls versus Celtics, the Pelicans versus Mavs, which was supposed to be KP's return. Um, Miami versus Boston, the Wizards versus the Pistons, and the Warriors versus the Suns, along with the Celtics and Magic. All those games have been postponed. Now, we were talking about how great, you know, the potential would be between KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, but what is kind of more concerning is that there are so many players that have been testing positive. Like, we saw Seth Curry... He tested positive, and he was sitting next to Joel Embiid and everyone else a few days ago. Jason Tatum's missing time. Overall, nine teams have been affected because, if I'm reading this correctly, more than two dozen players are in quarantine or isolation. And the situation got so bad that the league actually had a meeting on Tuesday to discuss what they should do. And and what came out of the meeting was essentially that for the next two weeks, maybe even more, There's going to be no hugging or interactions between rival players pre or post game. They're going to reduce the social interactions during games. So if you hit a free throw, you can't, you know, give someone a high five, things like that. And there's going to be tighter enforcement when it comes to masks for coaches and players outside of the game. And all of this 
is basically a long-winded way of me asking you guys, should the league continue to do this? Because something to note, the league only announced the first half of the season. They haven't announced the second half of the season. So do you think that they should put things on hold just as you know teams are trying to get the COVID situation under wraps, or should they just push through? Because personally, I think for the sake of everyone else, you know, players, coaches, families, they should give the week maybe a week or two to just relax a bit, play no games. I understand the money situation is going to be extremely complicated, but for the health and safety of your players, just give it a week, maybe two, just let all the COVID situation deal itself out and then, you know, go from there. But what say you guys? Um, personally, uh, this kind of shows that the virus is still far from over. Um, we're still far from, um, from getting back to normal. Um, this we won't. I can't really entertain this virus. This pandemic starting to fade away till summer. So, uh, my take is this: it's it's we're early into into the situation as of right now. Uh, we are starting to see the effects. It's a to me in my eyes, it's a day to day thing. But I do agree with you, Jared. If if this thing keeps if this virus keeps you know popping up on on squads and on franchises in general i think the league should take you know a short like one to two week break because like if if we if we get this out of hand then like the consequences could potentially be worse yeah and just a a quick thing i don't know if this is because of covid but i just um a few minutes ago i saw an update that zion is missing the pelicans game for uh protocols Mm -hmm. so yeah take that with whatever you want i guess but go ahead g um, I, I feel like the outbreak is happening. Like it's, it's getting worse because of players like George Hill, no offense. Like he spoke, woke, like he went out to the media and said, like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I yes. feel like a lot of NBA players no. are, have did that in the beginning of the season. Like they didn't take this serious. Like I've listened to LeBron James talk about to the media. Cause you know, Lakers fan, I'm watching, you know, backstage Lakers, all of this. Shit. Whatnot. Anyways, uh, he was talking to the media about like how how the the stricter um, rules are going to um, affect the Lakers, and he he basically said like, bro, we live in L.A. That's how we've been living already. We 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 are focused, and we see a lot of players, a lot of teams aren't as focused as championship contender teams. So players come to the NBA and they 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 have other goals. Like they just want they want to get the money. They want to go to strip club. Shout out to Lou Williams and uh uh James Harden. So. With different priorities and different mindsets going on, I think that is what's ultimately affecting the league. It is not those pl- it's not those teams that are out here trying to play, trying to win. You know what I'm saying? So, I think the stricter rules is an, is necessary. We're in a pandemic. Even if you were at a regular job, you would have strict rules. You know what I'm saying? We would have to wear a mask if we were out and um, conversing with people or working with people. Like you guys, you, you I know you guys are celebrities and NBA players and millionaires and whatnot, but you're still people. So you have to behave in that manner. This is an organization. This is a business. We have to run it like that. Safety comes first. So I feel like we should push through it. Uh, and we just, they have to buy in and unfortunately that's not going to happen because we even see with the houston rockets players can't buy into the system james harden so we'll see yeah you know uh gee i definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying there and and it is it's sort of those it's sort of those stricter rules to stop the players who are messing it up for everyone from doing what they're doing um you know ideally it's it's just sad 
to think of the league shutting down for a week or two, um, you know, beyond the money, just it, it gives people a lot of hope and entertainment during these times, but it's, it's health and safety. So if it gets worse, we got three games postponed tonight. Like that's bad. That's yeah. bad. Very and that's bad. almost at the point where it's like, okay, you need to shut down for a week. But I say almost, you know, I, I think they can keep going. I think those, those strict safety protocols, you know, off the court, masked up when you're at your job and all that. And it's funny, even before I listened to you guys speak, I was kind of thinking like our handshakes during the game, if you're all over each other and, and post-game rivalry stuff, really going to make a difference. But people do look up to them. It's also yeah. setting a precedent. It's weird to see people shake hands during a global pandemic and that stuff. So I think just if you can get players into the mentality of taking it safely, I mean, let like we're sort of in a really weird world right now where it's almost like these players are on a shorter leash than they've ever been. And it's almost like you got to say to them, you know, Hey, if you guys can't do this, we have to stop. It's, I hate to say, I hate, it's almost like a timeout. Yep. If, if they yeah. can't listen to the rules, you know, yeah. and it sucks that we're at that point, but that's where it's getting to when you see some of the stuff going on. And so I really hope they can get it together. I think that if it gets worse, yeah, you need a one or two weeks stop, but I hope we don't get to that point. I hope these strict safety protocols can work and I hope they focus more on the off the court logistics than the high-fiving and hugging when they're all over each other already. I think if they can get some practical, logical stuff in play, we can make this work. And speaking of that, it's interesting because when I was going through the health and safety protocol manual that they, the NBA sent out, one of the things that they had mentioned was that, you know, when players, players are fine to be defended by other players. That's totally fine. And one of the things that really kind of caught my eye was that even though post- pre and post game interactions are basically done for at least the time being if players are being defended by other players that's totally fine because they said that they did some research that if there is a player within six feet of you and they don't spend you know at least 15 minutes then the virus can't get transmitted to you in a weird way so if if players are defending, let's say Kawhi and LeBron, right? God forbid one of them gets COVID. But if, quote unquote, one of them does get COVID and they're defending each other and they're within six feet, but they don't defend each other for at least 15 minutes or are close to each other for at least 15 minutes, then apparently the virus won't be able to spread to whoever is being defended and vice versa, if that makes sense. Wow. Complicated. What about? I mean, this is way beyond basketball. But yeah, social, social distancing and stuff, isn't that? Yeah, it's it's super super strange how they determine what can be done and what can't be done. Like, interesting, interesting. Okay, then the no handshakes make a bit more sense, just because like a handshake is like you know you're you're really getting into it. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> according to according to some stats, I, I don't remember where I saw this, but Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal after the game. I think they they were interacting for about eight or nine minutes, but then during the game they were interacting for like six or seven. So that added up to more than fifteen, hence why Jason Tatum is now in isolation and Bradley Beal had to be contact traced. Contact it's, traced. Is is it consistent like in their presence or like like it with throughout the day, if I spend five minutes with you in the morning, afternoon, and night, I'm gonna contact it. 
Because that's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, this is craziness. I think it depends on the proximity, right? So they were like, obviously, you know, they were doing whatever after the game. They're shaking hands, doing all that stuff. So obviously they were within six feet, right? And obviously when you're defending someone, you have to be closer to six feet or else you're not defending someone. You're just standing there. But so if I guard you in the first, second and third quarter and that equates to 15 minutes, I can't guard you in the fourth quarter. If you don't want to get the virus, God forbid, because I already got the virus, you know, whatever. But let's say that were the case. I could technically transmit that virus to you if you defend me for more than 15 minutes or if you're in close contact with me for 15 minutes. I think the main point I'm getting out of this is that the more players chop it up, the more they're likely to spread it. And that's why the handshakes and the hugs. And and I get it. It is weird to see, you know, these guys are role models. And I was thinking that with Kyrie too. Kyrie's a role model for a lot of kids out there. Uh, But these guys are role models. And so I think that, you know, when they're after a game hugging and high-fiving and everything, it looks weird. It does. It's like, man, I I miss being able to do that, you know? So I understand that from the NBA's perspective. It's just getting them mentally like we're in a pandemic. Like you guys have to live like everyone else right now. So, I mean, like, I'll even go further than that, Skylar. Like, they're more than role models. Like, NBA, the NBA is a very superstar-driven league. Like, these players are, they're literally superheroes. They, they literally are. So, like, it, yeah. it is, to be, to, to put, like, like let's be, let's face it, a lot of kids, like, Kyrie, like, K- Katie, LeBron, AD, they're, like, gods to them. So, like, to put this into situations, like, it's, it's very odd. Yeah, absolutely. And just a just a quick thing here before we move on to the next topic. So we're talking about, you know, Skylar brought up the point about logistics and G, you brought up something about, you know, George Hill and how he plays in Oklahoma City. The thing that kind of popped up while you guys were talking about that is that the whole situation with the NBA, it's not uniform. And what I mean by that is some some. I guess arenas can allow fans like the Toronto Raptors could allow fans. And, you know, obviously the Warriors and the Lakers can't. The Tampa so, Bay Raptors. Yeah. The, Tampa yeah. Bay. But that, that just kind of like when you guys are talking about buying in and all the rules and stuff, do you think that's probably why there's so many, I guess, outbreaks going on in the NBA is because the States themselves are so lax and the teams themselves are so lax that they're allowing fans when it's obvious that they shouldn't. I think it's a bit ridiculous personally. I think you got to adopt, as you're saying, a uniform policy. I almost always agree with Adam Silver. I think he's an awesome commissioner. Everything he's done with racial justice and forming a social justice coalition, Donald Sterling, he's been great. I think this is the most shocking thing I've seen from him personally is to allow fans. I think it's a much better look to just we'll have fans when fans can come back to do it. Some places, not, it's not a good look. And the, when the NFL did it, I kind of expected that with the NBA. I'm surprised like the Houston game. That was weird with the Lakers. There were a lot of people there. I will, I will say this at the end of this, at the end of the day, this all goes back. I hate to bring up politics to American policy during this pandemic. It, it, the, the pandemic so far, how the U.S. has handled it, it's 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 too decentralized, it's state by state. There need to get this virus fully under control. In my opinion, like you got to have a uniform policy for the whole country. So if the if the if one state locks down, the whole country locks down. So I mean, it all this it goes back to the horrible way this country has handled the pandemic throughout its time. 
that's totally fair to think. But G, have a you have something to add? Ah, uh, nah. I think I think y'all touched <laughs> up on it. <laughs> I mean, I, I already I already said much about it earlier. Uh, I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, make it. We don't need the fans in in the building. They can watch from home. Yeah, yeah. Let them come back when it's a good time to come back, and we can all enjoy together. Yeah, because right now we're not. Nobody's enjoying this. Just seeing all these postponements, like the Warriors game against the you know on friday i think just got postponed so that's that's oh, never man. good yeah but no stuff no stuff at all but this is tough for fantasy let me say that too <laughs> oh trust i know half my half my squad's out with covid protocols but I, I i will say this it's a miracle my team is winning at this point it's a miracle shout and... out to anyone missing fantasy players from covid and all the different days and stuff yeah Shout out to Lowry Market, and I think he's been gone the last two weeks. He's just been sitting on my IR, so I don't want to drop him because he's a solid player, but at the same time, what what can you do? But, yeah, I mean, speaking of which, Daniel, really quickly before uh, we move on to the Wizards, do you think you initially said that you were hoping to see 75% of fans come back into the stands at some point? Are you still feeling confident about that? No. Okay. With, with, with outbreaks like this going on, um, I will say this is kind of a hot take. It percentage-wise, I lean no, but there's a chance now that by postseason we could actually reenact the bubble. Yeah, if this think, is not under control. I think yeah, that could make be, sense. I think that should be a fair idea too. But you know, what the bubble works, but at what expense, right? Yeah. But speaking of chances. The Wizards are off to one of the worst starts in the NBA. And is there a chance that they should just blow it up? Because, you know, Beal is averaging over 30 points. He's shooting phenomenally well. Thomas Bryant is out with a torn ACL. And Russ is out at least three to four weeks with a quad, left quad injury that, that you know, he got a major setback in during his, during his rehab. He's, he was only supposed to be out for about a week or two. But... You know, like I said, major setback. He's going to be gone for at least a month. And now Scott Brooks is firmly on the hot seat because I think they're what? Three and eight, three and nine. Correct me. Three and eight. So what do you think? Should they blow it up? Because personally, they should, you know, get something for Russ, whatever it is. Get something for Beal, whatever it is. Start over. I mean, their run, in my opinion, ended a long time ago when they got what bounced by Boston, like in the second round. What was it? Something like that. So I think the uh, Nets. The Nets. No, something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah, but um, John Wall, Bradley Beal, like they had their time. It did not work. And you have a problem is like Bradley Beal has been, you know, the host of trade rumors the last couple, like two to three seasons. Like, like Bradley Beal is playing. Like I don't know where I'm going to end up. Russ, Russell Westbrook is literally becoming a journeyman at this point in his career. He's yeah. bouncing, he's bouncing from team to team. Uh, so like you don't, like you don't even know, like uh, if you're you're having pieces where like they're like you, you're you're pretty confident that they're not going to be there for the long term. So like, <laughs> like like you're in a weird, you're in you a weird place. You're you in hate a weird to see place. it. Like no one there, no one's there is here, there for the long term, especially especially the coach Scott Brooks, who's on the hot seat. So just I think the Wizards need to realize like their time was gone. It it didn't happen. They didn't they didn't really get a championship out of that. And it's time to just rebuild. It's time again. to blow it up again. How how many games has it been? Ten. Eleven. It's only the... been 
It's only been 11 games. Come on, man. You want to jump off the cliff after 11 games? Bro, Come they're 3-8. and eight. They're defense. It don't, it don't matter, bro. It don't matter. Listen, listen, listen. I know that I'm, I am I said earlier in our uh, uh, our, our episodes that uh, the the Wizards could make the eighth seed, but I don't I don't think I was expecting them to just be superstardom top tier team off the bat. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna take an adjustment period, and I understand it's not looking so hot, it's not looking so good. But just blow it up. You just traded. I mean, you just traded your franchise player who was your franchise player, John Wall. You know what I'm saying? Now we're just gonna flip Russell Westbrook, and I understand you want to make the best out of it. They're already on the verge of getting a top a lottery pick anyway. Relax, chill out. You know what I'm saying? It, it 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 doesn't need to be an open revolving door because then, as an organization, you're just gonna keep throwing people in and out. Like now, what? Where's the consistency at? Let it. It's okay. It's okay. It's already a weird season. Don't need to blow it up now. On top of that, who the f- are you gonna trade uh, Russell Westbrook to? Who are you gonna trade Bradley Bill to? And what are you gonna get back in return? Because nobody has draft picks now. Only two teams in the NBA have draft picks, <laughs> and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder <laughs> and the f- Pelicans, bro. I don't know. And the Rockets so, now. And the Rockets. Like, Rockets. Gee, I agree with you, man. I, I think it's too soon to blow it up. Look, always love me some Russell Westbrook. Uh, it's getting harder with seeing what's going on. He's injured now. This sucks. Three and eight start. That sucks. But I like your ace seed pick. You know what I mean? And if you're just thinking of the eighth seed for this Wizards team and you want to see if they can build something and maybe have some special games in the playoffs – Look, I think if they can't trade for any defenders by the start of next year, then you blow it up because this team needs some defense. But I think you let them play out the season. I think Westbrook and Beal can be a nice combination. Uh, It hasn't been a good start. This team needs time to gel. Now you got Thomas Bryant injured, but uh, you need some defense. And yeah, who are you going to get for them? So I don't think you blow it up. Uh, I hope they can find some form of success and maybe show some seeds of success for next season because shout out to the greatness of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And I just want them to be in a good situation. On so, top of that, are they healthy? Like, where's no. Ryu? You know what I'm saying? They're not even healthy. And we, oh, yeah. it's time to blow it yeah. up. Come on, Thomas, bro, see, And that's Thomas team. Bryant's gone for the rest of the year. That's cool. See, Thomas that, Bryant, I'm not looking at well, Thomas Bryant. As well, that's not And cool. he's going to develop. But <laughs> see, see, this is kind of like what I have a uh, – I'm kind of weird about this because, okay, so let's say they do sneak into the eighth seed and then they get bounced by the Bucks. Okay, now what? You have another year. Now, Beal is still not going to be happy because there's no success around him. And then you have Westbrook, who's also not going to be happy because he's not winning. So, with the way... It's a dead end. Yeah, with the way that things are, I had them potentially ninth this season. So, why not just trade Beal, trade Westbrook, start over? Because you're going to be in that situation where we find the Magic and the Hornets, because they're not good, they're not bad, they're just there, which is the yeah. worst spot to be in. Yes, especially in this league, when like the pressure is constantly on you. It's not like the NFL, where you can, you can find talent in the later rounds. Talent is hard to come by in the NBA. So, I mean, it's like, you never want to be in the middle road. It sucks. It's, on the basketball, contrary. it's basketball purgatory, but go ahead. On the contrary. The NBA is a star-driven league, right? These are y'all. These are y'all words. You That's why you should draft. Find ways to draft early. Whoa! <laughs> Who has the Wizards drafted in the past five, six years that has been good? 
That's just poor drafting on their exactly. Part. So why am I gonna go get another top pick for what? For the, for, the, for what? What is it? it you're better for? off getting a top pick, but it's it all comes down to what has it done? What has it done? Top I don't picks care about for the Wizards. Their yeah. best picks have been John Wall and Bradley Bill. Everybody else, they have fumbled the bag. They're not good at drafting. They can't sign well, free agents. That would be something. They have to hold on to stars. Jury still out. They would have to fix. Yeah. Denny, Denny might be a good. I don't even, why we even, what about Ryu? <laughs> he averaged 14 and six last season. Why are we giving Denny over Ryu? Because Ryu hasn't been able to stay healthy. He missed, I think, the last, I think, prior to this week coming back and prior to the last week coming back, he was basically injured to start the season because he had like a left, I think he had like an eye issue or something like that. So the so, thing with him is that he just can't stay healthy because I remember last season, I think he got like a, a testicular contusion or something like that. So oh he was out God. for a while. God. I really do think trading <laughs> stars for draft picks is like in order to get draft picks is overrated though. Cause you never know how those picks will turn out. Um, we'll see the OKC, the OKC thunder, the big test of this theory here, cause they got draft picks for days, but overall I for think years superstar you always for years uh if you can get uh, maybe decades by the end of this thing um if you can get a superstar i, I think you always go for the superstar yeah. skylar you, you do need to remember something that oklahoma city team with with kevin durant and Russell westbrook james harden that was all built through the draft so i mean if 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 there's a small small organization out there that knows how to draft players it's sam presti in the oklahoma city thunder okay but he built the championship oh, contender oh, through the draft that's so rare. You know so what I'm saying? Rare. Nobody does that. So rare. You Unless you're San Antonio. Potential, three it rarely potential, You know, three potential Hall of Famers, all Hall of Famer ballots, all MVPs. Come on, bro. That's rare. Yep. I've never seen that happen before. So that, exactly. that can't be that can't be what we're comparing other teams to. The Wizards don't have that formula. Yeah, because I mean, who have they really drafted since? To me, that's a gamble always. And if you have a superstar, it's a sure thing. And in the NBA, it's just such a it, – I hate to say it again. It's such a superstar-driven league. I think you always take the superstar over draft picks if you can. Yeah, and since we're talking about draft picks and drafting three Hall of Famers, I mean, we're kind of excluding the Spurs here because, you know – They Tim drafted Duncan, Tim, Tim Duncan and David Robinson. The Bulls and Manu did the Gino, same. And Manu and Tony. And Tony Parker and George Hill. A lot of these players that we're seeing now in the league started from the Spurs. And, you know, it's kind of weird because I had the Spurs with maybe a shot. I think, you know, G, you had – you know, you had the, the Spurs as having no chance. Daniel, you had the Spurs as having maybe a chance. Skyler, you said that the Spurs maybe have a chance. And right now, the Spurs are looking pretty legit because they started 2-4, and four, which is, you know, as was to be expected. But then they've gone 4-1 and one since with victories over the Clippers, Lakers, T-Wolves, and OKC. Now, they do have the fourth <laughs> easiest remaining schedule at 47.2%, excuse me, left. Their toughest opponents are Golden State, Boston, Indiana, and Dallas. And they have seven players scoring in double figures, led by DeMar at 21.2. He's averaging 21.2 points per game, seven assists, and 5.6 rebounds. So with all that in mind, are you guys switching it up a bit? Maybe San Antonio is solidly in that eighth seed, seventh seed maybe if we're looking at it? or uh, I just need more time. It's yeah. just like it's still January. We I know we've talked about how Washington is like I we talked earlier how Washington is like no chance at all, but that's the that's only because they're three and eight. 
Um, these guys are starting well. That's good news. But it's it's more like, can you keep it up? Can you keep it up? Can you keep it up? I think so. Personally, I mean, personally, they're, they're a good personally team. I'm I'm leaning towards no. I'm leaning towards no. I'm leaning uh, towards no because the Nuggets are Pelicans. It's if they pick up steam, I think it's over for the Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Big it. Yeah, you, go ahead, G. You know what I'm saying? You you you, you talk about good starts. The Knicks off to a good start, and you don't think they go fumble the bag there? I laughed at you a little bit earlier, Jared, because you said the Spurs got victories over uh, the Wolves and OKC. <laughs> <laughs> like those Lakers, are some big. Okay, yeah, that that's cool. That's and cool. the Clippers. That was a big victory for cool. the Lakers. I'll but the other two, I'm like, mm. I, but I I get you. Um, I just don't think. I, I want to give shout outs to DeMar DeRozan. He's yes. expanded his game. He's been shooting threes efficiently, yeah. jumping yes. six to 12 inches <laughs> off the ground on his three point shot. Like, bro, be careful. But um, <laughs> I just think the Spurs are still, they're still being led by some, some old folks. And I love Lamarcus Aldridge. I love his game. He was one of my favorite power forwards all the time. Shout out to the mid range game. But I just don't, I feel like, it's not enough for them in the West. It's not enough. You guys I talked think, about the Pelicans and in and, and other teams like that. And John Morant comes back to the Memphis Grizzlies. I just think they can. They, it's it's their time. I, I think I think Greg Popovich personally. I think he's shown his age. I think he's still yeah, a good coach. We, but but I think he's just tired. He just seems tired. I think he, he needs for this organization to fully move forward towards the future. I think Popovich needs to take a step back, man. He's got contrary. I feel like they are taking the step forward because you see DeJounte Murray, you see Lonnie Walker, you see Keldon Johnson, you see Devin Vassell, you see Derek White when he played that one game against the Lakers. They have the young pieces still going, and they're developing with DeMar and La- LaMarcus. So, you know, I it's looking like they're accelerating their, their progress a little bit. That's just me, though. Shout out to DeMar. I mean, the dude's like nearly getting triple doubled. He's having some great games. He's looking really good. He's a very committed player to the game of basketball as well. Mm -hmm. And when you have Greg Popovich and a committed player, it shows up and uh, good for both of them on that. That's a great pairing. All the players you mentioned, Jared, uh, doing really great things. So again, I'm just not sure they're good enough, but if the Pelicans and the Nuggets cannot gain steam and get themselves into the playoffs, then I do think the Spurs make the playoffs. And uh, I just love to see DeMar back in there. He was great on the Raptors, uh, not in the playoffs so much, but great on the Raptors. Yeah. And shout out again to DeMar because he's dealing with some personal issues. I think last time yeah. I read, he was, he was tending to his, uh, to his ailing father. So he's back in LA. I think so, you know, prayers up to him. Hopefully everything's all good there, but yeah, I mean, totally with you with Demar. Like he's the quiet leader in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like he leads by example. And gee, really quickly. Um, so I always compared you to Demar because you guys have extremely similar games. And if he's hitting threes, dude, the next time we we ball out, you better start hitting threes. I swear, if he can jump twelve inches off the ground, you can do the same. Hey, Hit those I'll threes, jack man. them up, bro. It's just it's not gonna be the best percentage, but. In clutch time, I will hit a three for you, bro. Yeah, I know you hit that. Uh, you hit that game tying three to send it to overtime a few years ago, almost halfway through the court. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna be in LA, so I want to come ball <laughs> out with you guys when it's uh, good to do so. Let's get all the vaccines first. Let's get all yeah. that stuff out of the way, and then yeah, we'll exactly we'll have a few games play until the the day gets dark. But uh, 
Speaking of games, someone that's not going to be playing for a while, Bogdan Bogdanovich. He uh, fractured his knee, and he's out for an undetermined amount of time. And Jesus. Yeah, that's a big blow because they started 4-1. Cool. and one. They've lost four straight. They did win their last game, which is cool, but they're out one of their biggest acquisitions in, in the free agency. John Collins isn't happy with his touches. Now, I had the Hawks potentially sneaking into the playoffs. I'm not looking so sure right now what do you guys think personally i think they're out um when you for they're they're such a young team they need veterans like bob don to to help them usher them to to the next level and he and if he's got he, if he's gone and he's not supporting trey or john collins that like young teams co- collapse under this type of pressure <laughs> Bogdan, Bogdanovich, the bro the dude that's only been in the league for like three four years they still got rondo they still got Rondo, and they still got Gallinari, who's on my fantasy team on the IR list, who will be back. You know what I'm saying? They still got Clint Capella. I just think it's solid squad. I just think it's this is such a big piece. Like he's so, he's, he's yeah. gone. He's Gallinari coming back will be big <laughs> for this squad as far as the veteran aspect. And you know they still got they still got Trey Young. Like straight <laughs> up, it's Trey Young is a baller. He's so talented. So. I think this team can do some damage. The that eighth spot in the East, though. I mean, Miami's technically not even it, in the playoffs right now. It's just it's right now. Yeah, and that, that's actually a good point, Skylar, because right now the Hawks are occupying the eighth seed, and yeah. we know that the Heat will get back on track at some point. They're currently tenth as of this recording, so I could honestly see the Heat overtaking the Hawks because the Hornets kind of a weird thing. They look somewhat legit. Uh, all things considered, but you know the Eastern Conference is pretty much set. The only thing you have to worry about is that eighth seed. So the Heat, for all their troubles, could sneak in there, and you can see the the Hawks sliding to nine or ten. Sadly, shout out to the Hornets because uh, Gordon Hayward is quietly averaging what averaging what twenty points, five rebounds again. Hasn't, hasn't <laughs> that's yet. a good games. Yeah, and shout out to Lamelo Ball. Your dude, Lamelo. <laughs> Yes, sir. 22 points, 12 rebounds, and like 11 assists or something like that. One of the two, he he was the youngest player in NBA history to get a triple-double, so shout-out to him. Big shout-out to LaMelo. He's been I mean, rebounding because all them bricks his brothers been shooting in the backyard <laughs> playing 21. <laughs> we got Alonzo on the podcast with all those bricks. I, I think if LaMelo <laughs> actually has a decent career, I think he's going to be like – he'll be a, he'll be at least be a big jersey seller. I'll say that. What? Dang you, bro. Get out Dang. of here. Big Jersey seller? He's box office attraction. You talk like about stars. Guy. He is a star in the making. He's been a star since he was 13 years old. And all the naysayers, everybody's talking bad about LaMelo. He's proving them wrong. He's impacting the game. Assists, scoring, rebounding, whatever the case may be. Playing a little defense here and there. And mind you, he's doing all of this coming off the bench. Yeah. LaMelo to me. <laughs> is actually looking really good. Look, Lonzo's career started off well, but flamed out quickly. He basically yep. had two really superstar-ass games right at the start. I'm pretty sure, tell me if I'm wrong, but second game of his career, he actually became the youngest to have a triple-double over LeBron. So LaMelo, and it was like a 29-point triple-double. So LaMelo just beat his brother to become the youngest to have a triple-double. But the thing is, LaMelo seems to have been doing it already more consistently, longer, is only getting better, and has that body, that length to 
do it all. And I really, I like his effort on the defensive end and just his creativity, the way he plays. LaMelo, to me, it's early to say this, but he looks like what we thought Lonzo could be. Yeah, I thought you were about to say Penny Hardaway. Yeah, I was <laughs> about, about to say that. I that's a nice comparison, though. That's a nice comparison. Go ahead, Jared. Jared, say it again. Say it again. Say it again. What's the no, no, I was gonna, I was gonna agree with uh, with Skyler. Sorry. Oh, okay. Never mind. I, I, I say, I say, Penny Hardaway. That's the young Penny I, Hardaway right there. That's I just I want, I just want to see a little more. But I am a little bit more healthier. I, I want to, I want to, I'm, I just want to see a little bit more from Lamelo. But I'm encouraged what I see so far. Right. Very encouraged. And last thing here before we, uh, we switch to the quick hitters. We're talking about triple doubles and shout out to Nikola Jokic because he joins Oscar Robertson as the only players in NBA history to have 200 plus points, 100 plus rebounds and 100 plus assists in their first in their team's first 10 games. And if we call Kevin Durant a unicorn, what do we call him? Uh, Nikola Jokic is the best center in the NBA over Joel Embiid. Fair, yeah. What, what do we call him, though? I don't know. Mermaid? I don't know. What's another mythological <laughs> creature? Uh, he's he's, he's um, half man, half amazing. I don't know. You could call him like Thor. I don't know. He's half. He's, he's balling like a god. I don't know. He's Wait. a super saiyan. He's going super saiyan He's mode. the Joker. He's, he's the Joker. He's the greatest. He's the NBA's greatest supervillain of all time. This dude is a triple-double monster. I will say it again. We have not seen a big man who can so versatile like this. It is amazing. He is such a special player. And to me, he's the Joker. I love that nickname. It fits him. He's a hilarious dude, too, when you see the pictures of him <laughs> as a kid looking all chubby <laughs> and stuff and uh, him balling out now. And the guy barely even leaves the ground when he shoots a three and he makes it like look so easy. Jokic is one of the most special players that we've seen in a long time. One of the most entertaining to watch. Yeah, absolutely. They need to pair him with a defensive player. Yeah, all their (laughs) defensive players left or got traded. I totally agree. I like that assessment. Like the Joker is a a dope um, uh, name. I got a little artwork back there that says Joker on it. Can't see it, but yeah. There you go. Yeah, just one more quick note on this before we move on. What is slow but extremely effective? Because that's what I'm trying to think of when it comes to Nikola Jokic, because he's slow, but he's extremely effective. Like, all his moves are seemingly predetermined, so he's like, he's moving at the speed of molasses, but you can't stop him, if that makes like sense. Like a hippopotamus or an elephant, <laughs> but I don't know if that's a good name for an NBA player. <laughs> the, I mean, that surely instills fear in whoever hears it. Oh, watch out, the hippopotamus. A story. rhino! Uh, the rhino? Okay, I liked it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just, the Joker, the Joker. No, I I got, I'm sticking the with the Joker. I'm sticking with the Joker. The Joker, you know, yeah. he, he moves, like, very precise. He thinks about what he's going to do. Methodical. So never, yeah, with yeah. Batman. You never know what he's going to do. Exactly. Which, you know what? For now, we'll we'll put that there, the Joker, but we got to think of something better because that's copyrighted by DC and we don't want to get sued or anything, but, you know, whatever. But, yeah, um, just a few things here before we wrap things up. Um, I don't know if you guys are really into college basketball. Personally, I'm not, but I just want to get mm. your, guys', your guys' take on this little bit of news. So Laurel County Sheriff John Root and County Jailer Jamie Mosley lit Kentucky t-shirts on fire and called for head coach John Calipari to be fired because they're mad that the team kneeled 
during the national anthem as a response to everything that's going on. And also, Knox County, which is nearby Laurel County, signed a unanimous resolution demanding that taxpayer funds allocated to the university be used elsewhere. Knox County has a population of around 30,000 people. Laurel County has a population of about 60,000 people. So, yeah, for me, weird thing to, to talk about. Um, you know, it they're doing what they feel is right. So why would you want to light their shirts on fire? It's ultimately your money you're burning anyway. So, I mean, you're... I mean, it, it just shows you that a lot of parts of the country are, you know, I'll say it, their thinking is quite backwards and it's, it's pretty sad and depressing to see. Yeah, it's like, bro, like what you, you know, you know, the cause behind the exactly. kneeling. So you're, exactly. you're deliberately like disrespecting that. And, you know, there's a lot of, of, of African-Americans that come in and make that f-ing school money yes. <laughs> that are getting paid, bro. So it's just crazy to see, you know, so peacefully, you know, I'm standing up for something that I believe in, that is uh, my, my, my own human rights. You know, I'm, we're standing up for, for uh, black people being killed for non, for senseless stuff, like stuff that doesn't make any sense. And you guys are upset about that, but not this, this, in this out, this rage that you guys have, isn't going, it's, it's not being brought to other things that's going on, going against what's going on within the black community. Like there's no rage there. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't get it. It's, it's stupid. Like John Calipari, uh, good, Big ups to you. This is what you're supposed to do as a leader. You know what I'm saying? He's looking out for his players. And this is probably something that he feels strongly about too. So what they talking about. Everybody out there that's going up against those that are kneeling because it's a it's a part of our freedom of speech. We're doing it peacefully. So off. What the is wrong with you? Why I can't believe in what I want to believe in? And if it's my natural rights, that's what we're fighting for. So bull I'm saying they can't see my my video right now, but I'm flipping you off with both fingers plus my toes, middle fingers off to y'all. Y'all. <laughs> Gee, I agree with everything you're saying completely. And Jared, thank you for bringing this up. Even though it is college basketball, sports is a microcosm for life. And as we've said, we talk about the real life craziness surrounding this stuff. And all players should have the right to kneel and peacefully show that they support the fact that black lives matter. And it is if you oppose that, okay? Like, honestly, it is a peaceful protest. I will never forget when LeBron James posted the photo of Colin Kaepernick kneeling besides the officer Derek Chauvin kneeling on George Floyd's neck. It was despicable and it pointed out the hypocrisy when you oppose kneeling and especially with what happened with storming the Capitol. Guys, we need to love each other and we need to stand up for what's right. And if you oppose that, then... You're just not a good person. And I hate to say, but those people who are burning the jerseys, they're basically showing that they oppose human rights. And that's just ridiculous. It's true. Yeah. There's no way around it. They are. Yeah. And speaking of standing up for what's right, the PGA of America is cutting ties with Trump after the failed coup. So just a bit of backstory, Trump owns a lot of golf courses and the PGA uses a lot of those golf courses. So after what happened, you know, last week, they were like, no, we don't want to deal with that. So yeah, good on them for seeing what kind of an ass hat that Trump really is and what a hole he is, but whatever that's beyond the point. Um, gee, quick thoughts on the Eagles firing Doug Peterson. 
Um, it, 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 I mean, it was only a matter of time. You saw what happened. I think the last game of the season, <laughs> the last game of the season where you benched uh, Jalen Hurts for the third string quarterback, like, bro, why, why? He's not even going to be on the team next season. So why is he playing the last stretch? So that move right there was very questionable. I know that Carson Wentz got a lot of blame, but the offensive line should get a lot of blame. The Our coach should get a lot of blame. And, and honestly, our front office should get a lot of blame for not drafting certain players so this is the first step towards a positive move I think our front office needs some some things that change as well and I'm still the Eagles fan ride or die I'm not leaving fly Eagles fly pulling Jalen Hurts was the most boneheaded embarrassment move to the game of football this guy's going to be a superstar for a long time to come I mean I will say this um uh, I mean Jeffrey Laurie in my opinion is is probably one of the better owners in the National Football League so if anyone could write the ship it's him and he and he has right the ship before. Um, I mean, like he got them a Super Bowl. So um, I'm confident that Jeffrey Lurie can turn it around. Right. And speaking of turning things around, you know, quick shout out to Skyler for for bringing this to my attention. But the NBA G League is actually starting a bubble in Orlando with 18 teams. So there would be around 12 to 16 games in the season and Jeremy Lin, Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley. And I think uh, Nick Stauskas too, they're joining the, uh, the league. So big ups on them. Jeremy Lin is probably going to end up on the Warriors at some point because, hey. you know, he, he's that good. Just saying. Sure but, yeah. Where um, is Isaiah Thomas? Yeah. yeah he needs <laughs> Brooklyn. Yeah. I was about I like, to say. I like him on the bench for Brooklyn. They need it's, players. Uh, Considering how many spots they have open, shoot, man, just throw him in there. Get him in there. That dude yep. can still ball. I haven't Absolutely. seen him Absolutely. But Boston did him dirty. Yeah. He Cavs. was so good that season. He was so good. He was looking like a young AI out there. Yeah, but you you know what else is uh, is looking so good? The Tony Parker documentary available on Netflix called Tony Parker, The Final Shot. Personally, I loved it. I mean, I was a, I was a fan of the Spurs for, you know, just – just watching how they play, how they built their culture, and seeing how Tony's career played out is really something to watch. And, you know, if you guys have time, check it out. It's like an hour 48, I think, or hour 30. Really good watch. And also, Kobe is in it a lot. Um, he Mamba. Mamba. More than I thought he would be. Um, what Kobe was here is what I thought he would be in The Last Dance. Because in the last dance, he was only there for like five minutes. But in this one, he's there for like 30, 40 minutes. So it's a good watch. I, I really. Uh, I enjoy. mean, like to see Kobe Bryant from a different perspective, especially like, let's face it, the Spurs and Lakers were arch enemies back in mm-hmm. the day. They were fighting over the Western Conference year in, year out. So like, it, it, I think, I mean, I haven't watched the documentary, but I mean, like the way you said it, like you said it, Jared, like I got to watch it now. Because it's like fantastic, I'm, yeah. I'm we're looking, we're getting the perspective from of the mama from like the opposing point of view. Yeah, and his view on Tony Parker and the Spurs too. Wow, I'm I'm absolutely sold. You know, I have to say, uh, I was born in 1993, and to me personally, that rivalry is still the greatest rivalry that I ever saw in my life. Was the Lakers and Spurs with Kobe, Kobe and Shaq, and then Kobe and Pow going at it against Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, and Manu Ginobili. I mean, first of all, the Lakers three-peat was ended by the Spurs. That's how good the Spurs team was. The Lakers could have won so many chips. The Spurs were their only competition, West or East, at that point for a little while. And uh, also, everyone should go check out 
the end of a game in 2004 where Tim Duncan hits a shot with 0.4 seconds left. Point and then four, Derek baby. Fisher gets the ball for the Lakers, turns around, and hits a 0.4 second game winner. Probably the best ending to a game I've ever seen in my life. This rivalry is special. And uh, any Kobe interview you can watch, the guy drops wisdom and knowledge for ages. So to have one more out there, uh, not knowing they were going to end, I used to watch every single one, is really, really special. And I can't wait to watch it and highly recommend everyone else check it out. I want to say this, Skylar, like point four was actually one of my earliest memories of the game of basketball. So Nice. MG? Can't wait to watch it. I think you guys did a good job of explaining it. Um, of course, I'm gonna watch it and I'm probably gonna shed a tear too. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to hear Kobe talk, talk about the game of basketball, talk about how he approached it, learning different languages, just to trash talk certain players. Like, come yeah. on, bro, that's that mamba mentality. And he, yeah, he backed that. Shit up, so, uh, pause. Um, so just big. Shit. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going, but I can't wait to watch it. You see how excited I am, tongue twisted, and all types of. Going on, but Kobe, you know what I'm saying? I wake up every morning and hit 24 push-ups for Kobe. So big shout out to that. Yeah, and it's such a it's such a, a refreshing take on Kobe too, because you see how he was as a player, and now you see him talking with so much glow and so much happiness, talking about Tony Parker oh, yeah. of all people. Oh yeah. Like it's such a it's such a weird dichotomy from you know the black mamba to post-retirement Kobe, but you know, it is what it is. And also, Pow is featured in the documentary as hey. well, heavily because they had some battles between Spain and France. So really good stuff. Really good stuff. I highly recommend it. But Pau Gasol is, uh, to this day, in my opinion, one of, the more, one of the most underrated figures in Lakers lore. Absolutely. I think totally. everyone here would agree. And yeah. that being said, speaking of things that we all agree on, we all agree that you should subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks podcast. Again, I said at the at the start, just want to say thank you to everyone who's helped us reach number 29 in Canada. It's such a huge honor, and we love all of you for that. We don't know who you are. But it's really, really appreciated, and we can't say thank you enough. So, again, thank you for that. But as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. Uh, I'm Daniel Han. Uh, all I'll say is I concur with everything with Jared, what Jared said. And unfortunately, I don't really have anything more to add. So, and, and joining us as well. Of course, it's your boy, Really Real, Jarrell Sells. Big shout out to all y'all tuning in every week. You know, keep that mama mentality when it comes to the shooting bricks. And of course, we have. Skylar Treppel, thank you guys for being here. Shout out to my home country of Canada for getting us in the top 30. Let's get it. Let's get more uh, charting here. And when Daniel doesn't have much to say, you know it's been a crazy day in the NBA. And uh, Mamba forever. Mamba forever indeed. Mamba forever. And we will see you next week.